Welcome back to Chasing Dramas. This is the podcast that explores Chinese history and culture through historical Chinese dramas. This is Karen. And this is Kathy. Today, we are discussing episode 16 of Hou Gong Zhen Huan Zhuan, Empresses in the Palace. I personally really like this episode because of the poem slash song that is sung in the latter half, which I am super excited to discuss. Like, this poem is one of the main reasons why I wanted to start this podcast, so that we can talk about stuff like this. We are going to do a brief episode recap and then some more in-depth analysis. Now, let's get started on this episode. The Emperor Huangshang is currently playing Chinese Go, or Wei Qi, with Jingping. Jingping is the kind concubine who rules the palace where the disgraced Shen Meizhuang lives. The new head of the Interior Household Department, Nei Wufu, has come to ask for advice from the emperor. You'll recall that in the last episode, the previous head eunuch of this department, Huang Guiquan, ran afoul of the emperor and Jin Huan and was removed from his post and punished. This new head stops by to ask a question regarding makeup distribution for something called Lord's Day. We'll discuss this a little bit later since it is quite interesting. The key piece we learn at this moment is that Jingping came here to inform Huang Shang that Shemeizhuang's food was poisoned, which he thanks her for. I want to point out that I think it's interesting that Jingping who has since been relatively quiet and removed from the drama in the palace, came to stick up for Shen Meizhuang. She did it for Jin Huan when they were at that banquet to tell her to not get involved with Si Ge. Jingping knows what's going on and will stick up for people, which is very different from the rest of the concubines in Hou Gong. The other thing that's surprising in this scene is that Huang Shang cares enough to say thank you. He appreciates the information that Jingping has given him to avoid further drama in the palace. But continuing on the analysis we had in the previous episode, I think that Huang Shang still likes Shen Meizhuang and doesn't actually want Shen Meizhuang to die, but he needs to punish her. He feels like he has to punish her. Next, we are at Hua Fei's palace. She's putting on hair accessories with Cao Guiren. Hua Fei hears that Jin Huan also received the Luo Zizai makeup and throws an absolute hissy fit. She's upset that, again, Jin Huan has regained favor by the emperor and decides that in order for Cao Guiren to continue to serve her, Hua Fei is going to take Cao Guiren's daughter from her and raise her daughter in her own palace, in Hua Fei's palace. This sounds nice at the onset because Hua Fei has better amenities in her palace, but truly, Hua Fei is keeping Cao Guiren's daughter hostage in order to make sure that Cao Guiren does her bidding. It's quite cruel. It's not just because Hua Fei is a cruel person to begin with, but because she's never had children and can therefore not understand what this does to a mother. Or at least this is a lot of what the drama tells us to believe. All because Jin Huan received some makeup. Hua Fei even straight up says, Shalata, which means to kill Jin Huan. And indeed, throughout the episode, there are instances where you see that Hua Fei doesn't treat Cao Guiren's daughter too well, even feeding her sleeping pills to get her to stop crying at night. And remember, this 
daughter is only about a year old at this point. So feeding sleeping pills is really unhealthy for her. The maids who witness this are appalled, but of course, Huafei tells the maids to keep their mouths shut. Fortunately, one of the wet nurses tells Cao Guiyun about the horrible treatment that the princess is experiencing right now. Cao Guiyun is upset, but there really isn't much that she can do. Even Huang Sheng notices something is amiss and wants Huafei to return the princess to her rightful mother, but Huafei is able to keep her. Huafei also wants to keep the princess so that the emperor will visit her. The emperor does care about his children, so if the princess was with Cao Guiren, Huang Shang would go and see Cao Guiren instead of Huafei. The cracks between these two women are starting to appear. Remember that Huafei currently only has Cao Guiren on her team, so causing drama isn't the smartest move. Huafei's quote-unquote humiliation continues when the emperor leaves her bedside to go and comfort Jin Huan in the middle of the night because of a thunderstorm. The Empress Huang Hou, upon hearing this development, just coldly remarks, this is what she experienced and it is time for Huafei to get her lesson. The rest of the episode revolves around Jin Huan developing alliances. Shen Meizhuang is out of favor, so Jin Huan is alone which puts her in a rather precarious situation. Shen Meizhuang is able to pass on a message to Jin Huan and instructs her to support An Lingrong and to push An Lingrong to receive favor. Catching the eye of the emperor is an art unto itself. Everything needs to be planned, from where An Lingrong stands to what she sings to what Jin Huan wears. An Lingrong sings her song, and she successfully catches the ear of the emperor. Karen here is so excited to discuss the particular piece that is sung, so we'll dive into that later. Unfortunately, this whole plan is almost derailed by Huafei. She overhears An Lingrong singing and is about to punish the ladies for it before she is stopped by the emperor. Jin Huan and Huang Hou all suddenly push An Lingrong and Huang Sheng together right in front of Huafei. Two episodes ago, Jin Huan pledged her allegiance to Huang Hou to help An Lingrong's father. Huang Hou here is willing to help, anything to divert favor away from Huafei. An Lingrong finally becomes a real concubine after blowing her first chance, and she is over the moon about it. It means that she has a future in the palace and will not wallow away to die. Jin Huan is a little sad because she loves the emperor, but it has to be done in order to secure her foothold in the palace. It's a little crazy to think about it, honestly. Though Chen Huan is not the only one a little bit upset about the rise of An Lingrong. Huan Bi, Chen Huan's half-sister slash maid, is quite annoyed and upset that An Lingrong is now in favor. People are noticing her behavior and Chen Huan needs to step in to squash the pettiness before Huan Bi causes any more unwanted damage. What an episode! Shin Meizhong is totally out of favor, and it looks like Jin Huan is in the clear, but now new alliances need to form, so An Lingrong is the new woman. On the other hand, cracks are starting to form between Huafei and Cao Guiren, so we'll see how that develops in the next few episodes. There's some cool things to discuss, so let's start the analysis. First off, let's talk about this mysterious makeup that Huafei is willing to outright declare her wish for murder of Jin Huan. 
Luozi dai. The literal translation is snail dye or pigment. It is basically the ancestor to the eyebrow pencils and pens we use today. The dye is made from minerals and processed into a certain shape for use. It was actually quite easy to use. Just dip it in water or add some water and you can apply it to your eyebrows. In this show, you see that they look like individual snail pens. Luozi, which is snail, and dai, which is dai. Luozi dai were imported from Persia and extremely rare. Only members of the royal family and court could have access to this. In this episode, there are only three boxes, we shall say, that are available for the ladies in Hogong this year, much fewer than the normal 20 plus in previous years. There are historical records of ladies using Luozi dai dating all the way back to the Sui and Tang dynasties in the 6th and 7th centuries. In the scene where the emperor is delegating who should receive the dye, he comments that Huafei favors Changmei, or long brows, whereas Jinhuan favors Yuanshanmei, which is the mountain brows. If you look carefully at Huafei and Jinhuan's eyebrows, the way they style their eyebrows really is different. So again, kudos to the makeup artists for making that differentiation. We mentioned before that the Yuanshanmei style was crucial to Jinhuan getting back in favor in the last episode. So it's very important that she has that differentiation throughout the series. A little fun fact, there are still records of what Yuanshanmei looked like from the Tang Dynasty. So if any of you ladies want to try the style out, you can find them online. All of the other ladies in Hougong use Tongdai, or copper dye. It was made out of copper carbonate and had a greenish hue. Huang Hou is the empress and obviously deserves a luozi dai. Jin Huan is a lowly noble lady. She typically would not deserve to get this. There are other higher ranking consorts that technically should deserve the luozi dai, and Huafei is one of them. By giving Jin Huan a luozi dai, the emperor Huang Shang is signaling to the rest of Hougong that Jin Huan is still very much in favor. Huafei did all of this scheming, getting that doctor, faking Shen Meizhuang's pregnancy. For what? Only Shen Meizhuang is out of favor, but Jin Huan looks very much still to be a threat. Of course Huafei is pissed. Back in the day, there were so many questions and forums of people asking what exactly is Luo Zidai. So this drama, again, brings forward many new items or things of Chinese history that uh, we, the viewers, get to learn about. And now it's time to finally talk about the wonderful poem slash song called Jin Lu Yi. Yay, you can tell how excited I am, right? <laughs> the composition of this song is really pretty, and in the drama, everyone is praising how lovely An Lingrong's voice is. We must thank the wonderful Yao Beina for being the singing voice for An Lingrong. The beauty of An Lingrong's voice is itself enough to capture the interest of the emperor, but the real beauty of this scene is the poem that she sings. So if you haven't or aren't watching the drama, An Lingrong is standing next to a pond with Jin Huan behind her and singing this wonderful song and captures the ear of the emperor, and he walks over. So what is the song that she actually sings? 
The song is called Jin Lü Yi, and there are many layers to this poem. Jin Lü Yi, what is it? Do not Google Translate Jin Lü. I tried, and Google Translate translates it to which? Um, not sure what Google Translate is thinking about there. It actually means golden thread, and Yi means clothes. So the poem's name is Golden Threaded Clothes. The full poem is this. This poem is from the Tang Dynasty, so Kathy mentioned earlier, 6th and 7th century. So about a thousand years before the Qing Dynasty and when this, po when this drama was set. And this poem is quite famous, especially the last two lines of These two lines get referenced a lot in various ways, be it books or dramas. So what does this poem actually mean? I really like this poem in general, not just because the song that Anling Rong sings is very catchy and beautiful, so you learn pretty lyrics while you're humming the song, but because it is a great reminder of focusing on the important things in life. The broad strokes translation is this. The first two lines mean that I urge you not to value the wealth and riches of the golden threaded clothes. I urge you instead to value your youth and capture that time. The second two lines, the last two lines mean just like the flowers on a branch, which require you to pick them at the right moment. Don't wait until there are no more flowers left on the tree and pick empty tree branches. Pretty good poem, right? Again, I really like this poem and this song. I practice calligraphy a lot by reciting this poem as it is a great reminder of what is important in our lives. When Huang Sheng hears the song, he is not only listening to the amazing voice that An Linrong has, but he is also listening to her lyrics. I would like to think that Jin Huan and An Linrong chose this song specifically for Huang Sheng to hear. The lyrics are telling him to capture what is in front of him instead of letting it slip away. So of course, he is enamored with An Linrong and asks her to stay behind. He even repeats, Hua kai kan zhe zhi xu zhe. And so she stays to sing to him and to have her spend the night and become a real concubine. Another reason why I love this scene is also because of the interaction with Hua Fei. Hua Fei hears this beautiful song and in her fit of jealousy comes over and tries to punish An Linrong and Jin Huan for singing about flowers, which is inappropriate. She I think knows that An Linrong's voice is beautiful and could pose a threat by distracting the emperor. Side note, don't you think that the emperor is just very uh, predictable, but also just like, oh God, any beautiful woman comes over and you have to stop him from being too distracted. <laughs> but anyways, Hua Fei also just wants to punish Jin Huan because she knows Jin Huan and An Linrong are friends. I've missed this the first couple of viewings of this drama, because I didn't fully understand the poem yet. But in this scene, Hua Fei is showing once again that she is not well-educated. She also recites the line, Hua kai kan zhe zhi xu zhe, and says that Hua or flowers are generally an analogy for women. To sing such a song, are you hoping to attract unwanted attention and basically starts saying that 
Chen Huan is not focusing on li lian shi or etiquette. To which Jin Huan even says that this poem is called Jin Lu Yi and tries to explain the true meaning of the poem, as I just have. But Hua Fei truly does not care about what the true meaning is and tries to punish these ladies until Huang Sheng steps in. And why is this important, at least for us? Many times we have seen that Hua Fei does not like to read books or is not well-educated, Wang Shang, however, enjoys women who are educated and smart. And so we see this difference of why Jin Huan is able to remain in power in favor and Hua Fei is feeling threatened. So again, in just one scene, we get many, many moving parts. Isn't this fun? I thought it was fun. And again, I really, really like this poem because of what it represents and the song is beautiful. We also do see that Huang Ho is crucial in trying to hold back Hua Fei so that An Lingyong and Huang Shen can get together. Imagine being in that level of power of being the wife of the emperor, pushing other women in front of him so that he can have what he wants and be happy. That takes a lot of uh, love, I would say. Before the end of the episode, I want to point out that it is very clear to us, the viewers, that Shen Meizhuang and Jin Huan may treat An Lingrong as a friend, but An Lingrong is not truly a friend or sister to the two ladies. Why didn't they help her gain favor earlier? Why now, only after Shen Meizhuang has fallen from grace? It's not to say that these two ladies are mean or disingenuine to Ai Lingrong because they do send her stuff and spend time together, but they didn't view her as a true equal. No matter what Jin Huan says, they just don't. And it's fair because Jin Huan and Shen Meizhuang grew up together and have a much stronger bond than with Ai Lingrong. It's just that Jin Huan and Shen Meizhuang helped Ai Lingrong gain favor when it was convenient for them. This also comes from the fact that An Lingrong comes from a very low and poor background compared to Jin Huan and Shen Meizhuang. Additionally, we've said previously that Shen Meizhuang isn't as good at defending herself from verbal attacks by the likes of Hua Fei. An Lingrong is no different. When An Lingrong and Jin Huan were accosted by Hua Fei, An Lingrong did not really know what to say or how to defend herself, whereas Jin Huan was able to more easily deflect the things that Hua Fei was saying. The key character trait that An Lingrong learned since her youth is to be submissive, or Bei Wei, which is again a result of her poor background or low background and upbringing. Now, An Lingrong is a real concubine. Will she actually help Chen Huan? We'll see. Hua Fei really, really wants to kill Chen Huan. Is she successful? What is up with Huan Bi? Why is she being so petty and, and bitter? Stay tuned for the next episode and uh, we'll see if there are any answers. Thank you so much for listening. We hope you enjoyed this episode. As always, if you have any questions or comments, please email us at chasingdramaspodcast at gmail.com. We look forward to having you with us in the next episode.